Welcome to She's Running. This is the podcast dedicated to talking to women who are running for office locally, nationally, and everything in between. I'm Emily Jackson, and today I've got my first Californian on the pod. Susan Ellenberg is running for Santa Clara County Supervisor. And don't worry if you have no idea what a county supervisor does, because I didn't either, and she explains it very well. Y'all, here's the deal. You may have guessed it by now, but I love politics. I know, I know. It is both sarcastically hard to believe, being that I started a political podcast, and actually hard to believe that someone really genuinely loves politics. But I do. I can't help it. I'm 100% sure it's because I saw Mr. Smith Goes to Washington at a very impressionable time in my life, and there's nothing like an impassioned Jimmy Stewart monologue. Swoon and sign me up for whatever cause he's schlepping. Anyway... This bit of giddiness, this lightness, this actual excitement that you hear in my voice right now, that, my friends, is because at this very moment, Senate Dems are using parliamentary tactics to try and force the Trump care bill into committee. Now, I get it. Those words are not very exciting. But don't worry, I've got more very boring words to say in a very excited tone. Beginning tonight, Democrats will start objecting to all unanimous consent requests in the Senate in order to hold the floor as long as possible. They also may start blocking committee hearings tomorrow and make parliamentary inquests to highlight the difference in the passing of Obamacare and the efforts to pass this bill. Yeah, you're excited now, aren't you? The reason this is happening is because Majority Leader Mitch McConnell is trying to rally conservative Republican support for this bill in order to know that he has the votes he needs before he actually releases the bill. And breaking that down, that means that he's trying to get 50 senators to pass a bill that they probably haven't read. And political beliefs be damned, that's not okay. Republican Senator Susan Collins has said she's not comfortable taking a position on a bill that she hasn't yet seen. And shouldn't that be the norm, not the exception? So, Democrats are basically fighting this by saying, okay, you want to be shady? We'll fight you with parliamentary procedure. (laughs) And here I go again, getting all giddy. But kidding aside, it actually really is exciting to see. I imagine that this is closer to how the original Congress got their work done than what we see today. And I, for one, am a huge fan. Okay, enough of that. I'll get back to my live stream later. Now let's talk to Susan. So I was first contacted by your daughter, and <laughs> she is a big fan of yours, and it really wanted me to talk to you to just tell people about your campaign. So that's exciting. That is very sweet. She is a strong political activist in her own right, um, and I think I maybe be just her warm-up act. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. So who are you, and for what are you running? I am Susan Ellenberg, and I am running for Santa Clara County Supervisor in the 4th District. Our county is divided into five, uh, five supervisor districts. So what is County Supervisor? So the County Supervisors, um, it's actually funny because most people that I talk to that are not politically engaged start by saying, well, what exactly are you supervising? <laughs> so the County Supervisors are in charge of a number of areas of county services, ranging from 
uh, some unincorporated county roads and open space to the public hospital and healthcare system, the criminal justice, uh, jails, sheriff, DAs, um, uh, purviews, and all of the social services, social um, the safety net services that serve a variety of vulnerable populations. It's a there are about two million residents in Santa Clara County and the supervisors oversee a budget of over six um, billion dollars, about six and a half. Wow. Uh, billion. It, it's huge um, to, to operate a county this size. And for those of us who are not in California, mm-hmm. where is Santa Clara County? Santa Clara County is in Northern California. We are about 40 minutes south west of southeast of San Francisco. Uh, okay. The heart of Santa Clara County is often called Silicon Valley. It's San Jose. Home of the Sharks is, mm-hmm. uh, is our San Jose team. And it extends from the city of Gilroy in the south to Palo Alto in the north. Okay. So why did you decide to run? Well, currently I'm an elected school board member. And okay. what I am seeing as a school board trustee in terms of the, the struggles of a good number of our families and my limited ability to impact student outcomes from a, a trustee role has led me to look to where the bigger levers of influence are in our county. And to give you some specific examples, what I see when kids are struggling in our schools is that it very often is not related at all to curriculum Mm -hmm. issues. It's related to unstable housing, to family involvement with the criminal justice system, to uh, nutrition and health issues, to access to early childhood education opportunities. And none of those are things that I can powerfully address as a school board trustee. Every one of those areas is addressed by county government. And what I see is that by being at the table at the county level and having influence over those levers, ultimately we'll see children do better in school as we stabilize more families, as we help more families in a community where I think the income, uh, the economic divide is greater than perhaps anywhere else in the country, as we see more families be able to thrive and stabilize, kids will do better in school. So why you and why right now? Why me? Because (laughs) these are my issues. This is Mm -hmm. my background. Uh, I practice law briefly. I've been a social justice educator. Uh, Not only do I sit on the the school board right now, but I'm also um, an appointed commissioner on the Santa Clara County Commission for the Status of Women. And part of my role there is that I work as a jail monitor at our women's uh, incarceration facility. And these are the issues, the vulnerable populations of our county that I've been committed to for for decades. When I taught social justice, um, my entire focus was on helping students understand who's thriving in our community, who isn't, and what they can do about it. I then transfer that to essentially doing the same work right now with adults at the Silicon Valley organization. How can people become aware of um, areas in our community that, that frankly need more attention so that more people can thrive and how do people get involved? 
that's the why, um, why me. The why now is looking at our national political scene, truly, um, seeing how many of our county dollars as well as values are threatened by the current um, federal administration. I think it's crucial to, it's a crucial time to be at the table. And my feeling um, is that where I am right now doesn't put me at 100% of my capacity. Mm-hmm. And I really think that in, um, in these political times, it's important for everyone to figure out what their 100% is and strive to be there. That's great. I love that that idea. Well, thank that you. It's though... also <laughs> it's also what even... I feel in my heart. So it's nice that yeah. it all coincides. And and the practical reality also is that the seat is becoming available. The current supervisor terms out in 2018. So the timing is is right, and that if I don't take this opportunity right now, it will very likely be another 14 years before it comes along, and this is not the time to sit back and wait. County supervisor is something, like you said, that a lot of people don't, may not know what it is. So is this a, do you have like a primary? Is it, um, you know, do you run Democrat or Republican? What's the logistics of this position? So first, you're hard pressed to find many Republicans in (laughs) in this area. So it's a nonpartisan race. Uh-huh. There are five of us who have announced that we are in. So there will be a primary, and we're all Democrats. Okay. Um, along a specter, I would say, from uh, more moderate, business-friendly to very strong uh, labor advocates, but all Dems. There will be a, a race in June of 2018, and the top two contenders from that race will continue on to the general election in November of 2018. So you've gotten started early. You think. It seems really early, but I'll tell you, I was the fourth or fifth person to announce in this race. I had been thinking about it, but also thought, I am halfway through my board term. I'm very focused on what I'm doing right now in my elected and my professional career and wasn't quite ready to think about 2018 until I realized that other people were. And again, if I was to have a voice, this wasn't the time to wait, but to stand up and say, I'm here, I'm ready, uh, and count me in in this process. Mm -hmm. What's your day job? I'm a a senior director for community development for the Silicon Valley organization. And essentially what I do there um, is social justice programming. I run a, a, a longstanding cohort program called Leadership San Jose, that takes about 35 uh, professionals from the community every year, about two-thirds from private business and the other third from a combination of public sector and nonprofit jobs. They come together for a 10-month cohort program where each month they learn about a different sector of community, uh, ranging from local government and innovation to arts and culture, uh, public safety and criminal justice, public education, Um, arts, uh, the environment, and local history. And the goals are, um, there are a couple of primary goals. The first is to build ambassadorship and excitement around the city of San Jose specifically. 
um, we have a large population that's very transient. People come into San Jose for the job, for the Silicon Valley job. They often leave for the next job. So it really takes an intentional effort in many cases to build attachment to the city. The second is to promote civic engagement. Look and see where we're shining and shout that to the rooftops and look and see where we have room for growth and development and then figure out what your modality is of engagement. Some people um, engage philanthropically. They want to join a board. They want to give money. Other people through volunteer service, some through political advocacy, working on public policy, uh, applying to sit on a city or county commission. So that's my, my role there. I run other, that's, that's the primary program that I run. I also have a, a salon series called Women Engaged that um, each focus on a specific issue of social urgency that may be of particular interest to women. I bring in an expert speaker on that topic. Uh, there's dialogue and then you leave the program at the end of the evening with a resource sheet. If this is an issue, for example, the gender pay gap or violence mm-hmm. against women or campus um, sexual assaults and rape culture. If the evening's topic was something that really fired you up, you leave with a list of ways to further engage. Uh, very similar to the Leadership San Jose model without the intense buy-in. Here's where you can give money. Here's where you can volunteer. Here's some political advocacy that you can do. Here's a social activism uh, piece. Here are, depending on the issue, ethical spending elements, and here are resources where you can just continue to learn more. That's my day job. I love that. (laughs) It's pretty great. And truly, if if the political situation wasn't as um, contentious and fiery as it is right now, I may have been content to stay uh, Mm -hmm. serving on the school board and helping other people increase their community engagement. But I really feel that it's not enough to help others right now. I, I need to step up my own engagement as well and, and be that role model and be hands-on myself as well as facilitating other people's engagement. You're currently um, on the school board, right? Correct. So what has the process of, been, of running for office this time, how has that been different than it was for running for school board? Uh, it's a bigger voting population. My voting mm-hmm. universe this time is about 180,000 voters, um, probably slightly higher than that. My um, my voting universe in the school board race was closer to 25 or 30,000. Uh, there are more contenders for this position. When I ran for school board, I ran against a single incumbent who had been in the seat for 22 years. Um, and frankly, I think probably presumed he was going to stay in that seat and saw mm-hmm. me as, as a newcomer who wouldn't, um, who wouldn't really challenge his position. Um, as it turned out, I, I out-raised him, out-fundraised him uh, by about three to one and actually won the election by about the same uh, percentage, by about three to one. So this time, it's five of us. There's more money. Uh, involved. There are far more stakeholders who have a vested interest in in caring about who their next supervisor is going to be. So it's um, it's definitely a more competitive and much higher profile process. It's also a much longer process. Um, I declared that I was running for school board in June of 2014 and was elected in November. Oh wow! Okay. So that was faster. Yeah. 
So anything surprising this time around? Anything you didn't expect? Um, I think the degree of engagement this early on was slightly unexpected to me. But I also appreciate in other ways that there is that much time because county government really is a huge operation. And while there are areas that I feel a good deal of familiarity with and comfort with what the issues are and have a sense of where I'm going to go with them, um, everything is on a much bigger scale. The $6 billion budget compared to the school district budget of $300 million. Um, the popula- the number of employees is larger. So just really getting my hands around a larger system of government that addresses uh, more issues takes more time as well. So I appreciate having that time. And I'm spending a lot of this preliminary time, not only fundraising, but also speaking with experts, uh, spending time at committee meetings, having an opportunity to really learn um, some of the nuances that are not apparent when you are an outside citizen if you're not really paying attention. I think when like when I think of county government, I, I picture, you know, more rural issues or things, you know, not necessarily having to do with, with the actual day-to-day activities of most people, but that really sounds like that's not the case. Well, Santa Clara County does have rural areas, um, particularly mm-hmm. in the in the South County. And when county supervisors make policy decisions, they certainly impact the whole county, urban and rural um, areas. But the focus, if you think of it this way, um, rather than rural-urban, city government is really responsible for infrastructure and the day-to-day uh, constituent services. Do you need a stop sign? Are there potholes that need to be mm-hmm. um, filled? Those are the city services that tend to focus around infrastructure, roads, highways, bridges, whereas the county government really focuses on the humans, the, so the, the human infrastructure, and okay. very often the most vulnerable humans. There are areas of our county that are not within cities. They're called unincorporated areas. Mm-hmm. And in those areas, we do have oversight through the sheriff's department and county uh, fire, and there are county roads. But that's percentage-wise in terms of budget and time. That's not as large a focus as the health care, the child welfare system, the criminal justice system, the foster care um, system, homeless services, mental health services, physical health services. That's where um, the bulk of the county work is done. Okay. That's a that's a good way to to think about it. <laughs> so what are your core issues? So everyone tells me that I must limit myself to three top issues <laughs> and no doubt as we move through um, this preliminary year, I will get to three top issues. Um, <laughs> But frankly, I'm closer to five or six right now, yet Mm -hmm. they're all integrated. So I'm happy to share them with you and also point out really how how they are connected. So the first is um, affordable housing. Probably the biggest issue in Santa Clara County is the crazy high cost of living. Um, And I'm, I'm talking about even you know middle income people or people that should be considered middle class um, in this in this valley of of high cost of living are almost functioning at a working class 
level. We have um, probably the greatest economic divide in the, in the country. We have some of the wealthiest uh, neighborhoods, and if you look at real estate, most expensive homes in the country. We also have one of the largest homeless populations, and we have thousands of residents who commute long distances between where they can afford to live and where they work. Our county passed in this last election a $950 million affordable housing bond. Um, and that's going to be one of the primary, primary focuses in the next number of years. Can we really come close to eliminating the homeless issue in Santa, in Santa Clara County? I think we can come pretty close through a system of a poor, um, supportive permanent housing and then through tiered structure of helping people at a variety of, of income levels um, be able to afford to live here. The second issue, which is really related, is the, is the transportation. At the moment, we have a very disconnected public transportation system. We have um, Cal California trains. We have a light rail system. We have BART, a rapid transit area. We're looking at um, a, a bus system, but it's not a connected, unified system. Another bond measure that was passed in this past election, uh, Measure B, is an attempt to connect all of this public transportation. And the reason that I really want to champion that is that this is another aspect, just like affordable housing, that will help more families thrive. To have a transportation system that's accessible and affordable does a tremendous amount to help even some of those um, economic gaps by allowing mm -hmm. people to get to jobs more conveniently, to spend less time in traffic in their cars, to facilitate moving around and being engaged in the community, I think is another really important piece. So part of what I want to do is be a really strong, active advocate for um, for shifting the culture here, essentially, from one person per car, even if it's a Tesla, even if it's a Volt or another electric car, it still has to sit in traffic, to shift us to a more public transportation-oriented um, community, um, county, which we can't do until that system is connected. So housing and transportation are the first two pieces. Looking at um, the healthcare system, I'm really concerned um, by what may happen with Obamacare, with what may happen um, with threats to our county. Santa Clara County is a, a sanctuary county, and the federal government um, has made threats to withhold funding or cancel funding as a result of our, our status um, as a sanctuary county. Mm -hmm. And we're potentially going to going to see almost 20% of our budget in jeopardy, even if it's not Whoa. because of the the sanctuary county effort, I, because ultimately I don't think that's a legal maneuver, but there are certainly plenty of other ways that this administration can cut the funding that's coming into our county, and healthcare is one of their major levers um, as the Republicans are looking to dismantle Obamacare. So again, a place that I really want to be at the table is if we have to talk about um, a smaller budget, how are we allocating those more limited resources and are we making sure that we are still addressing the most vulnerable um, people in our community? What happens to people that lose 
healthcare insurance, what happens to mental health services. And these are items that really contribute to the economic strength of the entire county. Uh, the amount of money that you spend on uninsured residents um, going into emergency rooms really can be diminished by doing a better job on the housing side, providing permanent supportive housing, uh, particularly for people that don't have access to other insurance or have mental health issues, which brings me then to my, um, my fourth area of concern, which is our criminal justice system. Um, Santa Clara County, I think at the moment, is not a shining example for how a criminal justice system, particularly a jail system, um, should be run. I think we have a lot of work to do there in increased um, transparency of mm -hmm. the jail system and looking particularly at how we are addressing um, people who come into the system, maybe properly, maybe improperly, whose primary issue is really one of mental health uh, rather than criminal activity. So there's work to be done there. All of these areas to me are intertwined because they're all about increasing the number of people who are thriving in our community, thriving because they can afford to live here, thriving because they have easy access to their jobs, because they have health care, because there's um, mental health care, um, improved diversion services in our criminal justice system, which promotes public safety. And um, the last piece that I'm looking to particularly address is increased access to early childhood education. And again, this is a piece of thriving families, a thriving economy. What I see from the school board perspective is that that opportunity gap um, that really plagues so many of our students starts on the first day of kindergarten. When you have kids in a classroom who are coming with one, two, or even three years of preschool, and other kids who are walking into kindergarten as their very first structured environment. We need to increase the number of, of low-income children in our county that have access to high-quality early childhood education, and that's a piece that I can address from the county level whereas I can't from the school board level. Okay. I can see why you're having a hard time narrowing it down because they are really all integrated so much. They are, and they're integrated into our physical environment as well. This is Northern California, if you have not been here, is one of the most magnificent places uh, to live. Having grown up in Pennsylvania, I feel I can say that with great authority. <laughs> and, and Silicon Valley, Santa Clara County is is particularly magnificent. We have clean air, beautiful open spaces, um, a real commitment to preserving the natural beauty, and by, again, increasing access to public transportation, taking more cars off the road, um, building affordable housing along public transit lines, keeping uh, increasing density where we already have cities. I'm, I'm pro-growth in, in that aspect but also really preserving the beautiful open space that we have and not mm -hmm. looking to, you know, essentially not looking to create a, a, an even bigger sprawling area. We really need to, to tighten and focus our energy and our resources and, and stabilize and support families that are in urban areas. Being that this is your second time running for office. Correct. What 
is some advice that you would give women who are just starting to get into the politics, into the political process? Uh, Number one, do it. Uh, (laughs) Don't wait for somebody to ask you to run. Don't feel paralyzed by um, the thought that you may not yet know every single thing about the office um, for um, for which you want to run. If you have a commitment to public service and feel that you can play a role in making life better for someone in your local, national, or global community, then step up and do it. And don't listen to the detractors, and there will be detractors, who say you're not ready, it's not your turn, you don't have enough experience. These are things that I think women are inevitably told regardless of, mm-hmm. of what we are striving for. I would say go to experts, ask lots of people for advice and opinions and learn, but also trust your gut, um, find allies. And, you know, really, I feel that this is one of the most important contributions that we can make as citizens. So why not step up and, and offer your talent? Perfect. So if people are interested in your campaign, where can they get involved? Where they can, where can they find you either in person or online? Thank you for asking that. <laughs> um, my supervisor campaign website is susanellenberg.com. So that is, um, that has a statement of my issues right now and it has a bio. And of course it has a link to which you can donate or if you're local, Um, can sign up to help in other ways. This effort will take a large community um, from to do everything from the knocking on doors and making phone calls to helping me raise money, expand my circles, to to meet more people, to do coffees and house parties, uh, to talk with people who are passionate about these issues and want to make sure that I hear their perspective. Um, I welcome all of that. It's exciting to be a part of, um, it's exciting to be part of a political campaign when you are really passionate about the work that lies at the end of the campaign. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm very excited for you. Well, thank you. (laughs) Thank you so much for this opportunity. Well, thanks for coming on. It's so, I love having uh, women on who are, you know, this is your second campaign. You're running for something that you know, a lot of people may not know what it is, so it's good to, to get that info out there. That's part of the civics education for all of us, too, is to learn whether <laughs> or not right. you're going to run for an office. You should know how your government works at every level. Oh, agree. Well, thanks again, Susan. Thank you. My pleasure, Emily. Take care. Thanks for listening. And big thanks to Susan Ellenberg for chatting with me. Susan's campaign is on Facebook at Susan Ellenberg for Supervisor 2018. On Twitter, she's at Susan Ellenberg, and her website is SusanEllenberg.com. Thanks for listening to She's Running. You can find the show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at, at She's Running Pod. Please rate, review, and subscribe to She's Running on Apple Podcasts or google play or stitcher or whatever podcatcher you listen to us on um and tell your friends about the show
And if you know any women that you would like to hear on the pod, tweet at me or shoot an email to she's running pod at gmail.com and let me know who you'd like to hear on here. Next week, I've got Vanessa Aronson, who is running for city council in New York City. And she has a couple of very special constituents whose vote she really needs to get. The first family. All right, that's it for this week. I'm off to find a live stream where I can watch parliamentary procedure in action. Hashtag hold the floor. Happy Juneteenth, y'all. Talk to you soon.